this is Eddie. And this is Miguel. And you're listening to the God Life Culture Podcast. Yes, welcome back to another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, for connecting with us and listening to this podcast. Um, you know, if you have not subscribed, we encourage you to do so now to subscribe wherever you listen to us. Be sure to subscribe so you get notified whenever we drop a new episode. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we're just here another day, another dollar, like they would say, another episode. Um, you know, it's been it's summertime, but it's like weird because it's like this is the time of year where everyone um, usually goes about their day without a care. You know, they're like, oh, I'm just going to go to the store. I'm going to go to a restaurant. I'm going to go to the beach. I'm going to go to the pool. I'm going to go here, there and everywhere. Uh, but, you know, with all these restrictions, it's kind of, you know, weird. I was talking to a coworker that was actually because I'm currently on paternity leave. Uh, but being on paternity leave during the summer with kids is supposed to be a fun thing. And we're kind of like, uh, what do we do? <laughs> it's kind I of know, weird. Uh, but, you know, we do try to make uh, the best of it, even though, you know, it's kind of limited. Yeah, I mean, more and more things are opening. Uh, we see restaurants have their outdoor seating. And now I think starting this week, they can start dining inside with mm -hmm. a whole lot of restrictions. Um, you know, our church, as we're starting yeah. our meetings this week, we're reopening on Sunday. So that's exciting. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, but we're like you said, like we've said in the past, we're pivoting, we're being flexible, we're doing what we have to do. Um, but all in all, trying to still have a great summer, yes. even if we can't go on vacation or, you know, go out of New York state you know we technically can but yeah. it's probably not the safest thing to do right there are a bunch of you know uh, situations happening in surrounding states and numbers and increasing of cases all of those things but um, we're just glad that we're safe and that it seems like things are slowly getting better um, we want to also give a quick shout out to all of our new listeners this yes. week this past week uh, you know between our last episode and now we have had the most listens the most downloads Ooh the most plays so all of you who are now coming on board to the god life culture podcast and listening welcome, welcome and again welcome. be sure to subscribe just to uh you know be notified when we drop new episodes and a lot of things have been happening since yes. our last episode um our last episode titled i can't breathe we spoke about george floyd ahmaud arbery we've been talking about this idea you know, or the idea of racial reconciliation, racial justice, what does the church do? How does the church respond? And, you know, the conversation is continuing, you know, within our churches, within just, you know, our news outlets and, and everything like that. It seems that this is really a uh, hot topic and yeah. something that a lot of people want to engage in. Mm -hmm. At the same time, I think it's, you know, safe to say that although a lot of people want to engage in this discussion, I think many people, you know, go about it, A, the wrong way, <laughs> B, they're scared to even go about it, mm -hmm. right? Or C, they just don't even care. Yeah. Right. And um, we have a lot of churches and preachers and people of influence out there sharing their platforms and opening it up to discuss this idea. And uh, the headline um, that has been going around recently is about the Atlanta megachurch pastor, Louis Giglio. Mm -hmm. For those of you who don't know, Louis Giglio, um, he runs conferences every year. He's most well known for his discussion or sermon on laminin and that whole situation where, uh, uh, he spoke about if, you know, the earth was the size of a golf ball and he compared it to 
all the galaxies and planets. It was something that went viral years ago, um, and he's very well known for that. Well, he had a discussion, a roundtable discussion with several people, and some of the people that were there um, included Lecrae, who's a Christian hip-hop rapper, and the Chick-fil-A CEO. Um, and this was a 70-minute discussion at his church, Passion City Church. And, you know, the discussion was going great up until <laughs> a certain point. And, I've, of course, this is the clip that is going viral, yeah. where Louis Giglio says the following. We understand the curse that was slavery. White people do. And we say that was bad, but we miss the blessing of slavery, that it actually built up the framework for the world that white people live in. And Lecrae, while he was there, you see him in the video nodding and responding, yes. Louis Giglio continues and says, a lot of people call this white privilege. And when you say those two words, it's just like a fuse goes off for a lot of white people because they don't want somebody telling them to check their privilege. If the phrase is the trip up, let's get over the phrase and let's get down to the heart. And I think maybe a great thing for me is to call it white blessing, that I'm living in the blessing of the curse that happened generationally. That quote <laughs> went viral. People went nuts. And, you know, I remember that day waking up and going on Twitter. Lecrae was trending. He was trending. And white blessing was trending. People did not like this. Later, he had to, you know, release a statement and a video apology saying that, you know, he was sorry for his horrible choice of words. Lecrae had to do the same thing and respond. But what was your overall take when you hear the term white blessing? What do you think? Um, I think my overall take, honestly, in the beginning is that he completely missed the mark. He missed the mark. He missed the point. I think that um, if we want to, you know, read between the lines and what he's saying, maybe he had good intentions. Uh, but by rephrasing it from white privilege to white blessing, it didn't make it better. It made it worse. Um, and I think that the the reason why a lot of people also were upset about it was because Lecrae was in the room. He was part of the conversation um, and didn't check him on it or didn't uh, ask him to explain it better or to, you know, um, or bring to his attention that uh, his use of wording could be problematic. It was kind of like he was there. He let it, you know, and the conversation kept on going. And I know he does address, he did address it uh, the following day as well. Uh, but, you know, going to what you were saying, a lot of people are feeling weird with having these conversations. I think especially people um, that are not of color because of the fear of I'm going to say the wrong thing. I'm going to mess it up or, you know, they're, you know, um, you know, uh, uh, subconscious racism may also come up as well. So there's a lot of different layers to it. But I think that the important thing is that if we are having conversations, whether it is people of color with people that are not of color or just people in general, that we have the conversation, you know, so that what that means to me when I say if we're going to have the conversation, let's have the conversation is that if in the midst of the conversation, something comes up that can be perceived problematic or is problematic, then it should be addressed, not in a way that it is um, uh, in, in an attacking fashion or, you know, that you're trying to like go for their jugular, but be like, you know, what do you mean by that? Or be like, do you understand that that use 
can be per, can be received, not perceived, received as problematic because for you to say that you got the the white people are benefiting from the blessing of slavery is kind of like you know in a way yes because it's true because it wasn't the you know it was because of what the black people did and the people the the you know during that time build this country up and they're reaping the benefits of it okay I can get that but that is not how you want to say that or word it especially in a in a climate uh, a social cultural climate that is so sensitive at the moment I think that was a big thing. I think because this is so hot and trending right now, mm -hmm. you have to be especially careful and sensitive and just watch your words. Everything that he was saying, it I mean, it I just couldn't believe that he was saying it and then it just seemed like it was getting worse yeah. as he kept going. Yeah. You know, and Looking back at the video, you know, I know Lecrae really didn't respond the way that we would wanted him to mm -hmm. in that, you know, scenario. Uh, but it did seem that he was uncomfortable mm -hmm. and it did seem like a lot was going on in his mind. Like he was his thoughts are probably racing at yeah. that moment. You know, uh, a lot of times, you know, it's important that we're intentional about our conversations and discussions, especially when we are talking about race because mm -hmm. many times I think it's easy to say, you know, we're going to have a conversation about race. You know, we're all white and let's, you know, what's that one black person we can invite? <laughs> or where's that one Latino that we know that we can invite? And then it just, Tokenism. it That's may what not that is. come across as, you know, intentional, mm -hmm. right? Or real and authentic. It may just mm -hmm. be, we did this to just check a box. Mm -hmm. So that's one thing we also have to be careful of, you know, just being that person that checks off the box so the yeah. event looks good. Mm -hmm. And I think many times, unfortunately, Lecrae and people like him may find themselves in that situation mm -hmm. where from the beginning they're not so welcome the way they should be it's almost as if you're here because we need you know representation we need a diverse representation mm -hmm. so people will listen and people will engage and people will respond now on the flip side if I'm going to have a seat at the table, then I'm going to have this conversation, mm -hmm. agree when I can agree and disagree mm -hmm. when I don't and mm -hmm. give my opinion yes. and give my viewpoint. Right. And that is why it's so you know, important that if we have a seat at the table that we are representing well. Yeah. And I know, you know, Lecrae knows Louis Giglio. He's been to his conferences, his big conferences that he does every year. Lecrae's there almost every year performing. So I'm sure that there was also an element of Lecrae that was shocked that this was coming from a man that I know that he has said he admires mm -hmm. and has done ministry with. Right. But it would have also been a perfect opportunity to clarify and make sure and say, dude, you know, that right there. And Lecrae, you know, did say it a little bit later on. He said, you know, the just the choice that you have, you know, to be able to change the name from white privilege to white blessing mm -hmm. is privilege. Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. said, I can't change the color of my skin, yeah. but you can opt in or out mm -hmm. as far as to call it white privilege because mm -hmm. you don't like it. And we're going to change it from white privilege to white blessing. Yeah. So sometimes we don't realize that, you know, just the option that we have mm -hmm. to opt into the conversation, opt out, say something, not say something right is privilege in itself. Yeah. And I think it also highlights a bad habit um, that Christians have 
which is to over-spiritualize a conversation or a subject. Because I understand that in the Christianese of the conversation, they're having the conversation in the church, is a conversation that is guided uh, towards people of the faith that, you know, throwing in and switching something into, you know, a context of, oh, it's a blessing or whatever, you know, it's kind of like not all conversations merit that. You don't always have to super spiritualize this, that, and the third. Yes, there is um, there is a level of spiritualism that does have that does take part of all of this because we understand, like we spoke about in previous podcasts, that you know the enemy is using you know division and racism and pride and all these negative you know spirits and emotions um, you know to to build up and to cause friction on this earth. Absolutely, but learn when to use those things correctly, you know, and I think that it was a mistake in over-spiritualizing or trying to sound spiritual in a moment that we just needed for you to be real. Um, and the idea that, you know, he messed up. And I mean, I couldn't help but feel that it was just a bit selfish of him, you know, to say, I know a lot of people don't like white privilege and that word gets them, you know, so let's change it. Just the idea, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, and then in reverse, it's like, yeah, and I'm sure the people of color don't mm -hmm. like how they're treated and mm -hmm. they can't really change that. Yeah. Right. So, again, it just kind of feeds that idea, you know, of selfishness and like you say, of pride a little bit. You know, we we don't like this. We're, we're a victim of it. Let's try to change it. Mm -hmm. Well, fortunately, you can do that. Right. Mm -hmm. um, you're in a different circumstance or situation than than we are in. Mm -hmm. So it's just important that if. You know, we're trying to engage in these discussions. One, do your research, right? Make sure that, that you're researching what it is you're talking about, what it is you're saying, and make sure, you know, if it's a discussion on race, and if I were the person, you know, if I were Louis Giglio, right, and I'm inviting someone like Lecrae, I would have almost given Lecrae the floor. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially when I know that uh, it's the people of color, right, mm -hmm. that are being hurt right now and that that are hurting. I would have given him the floor to fully, you know, discuss. Mm -hmm. And maybe I would have interjected with questions and mm -hmm. interjected with certain thoughts. Mm -hmm. But looking back at it, it just seemed like, again, like he was there to have the representation Okay, but he would give his thoughts here and there. And I think we have to be okay with inviting other people into the conversation and also letting them speak. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we this isn't this, you know, Louis and the Cray and the other, I think there was another person um, that was there as well. You know, this isn't the first conversation that happened. A couple of weeks ago, we spoke about when Stevie Furtick sat down with John Gray and they had this real um, conversation on race. And even yeah. in that conversation, Stephen Furtick brings up the whole idea of when you, you're going to say something that's going to offend somebody. So you can never get it right. The point is to have the conversation, um, which I think is true. And I think that that that's the the bit that was missed in this conversation where it could have kind of been brought up or it could have been, you know, dived. It could have been addressed in a more a straightforward situation. But, you know, what we are seeing is this resurgence in a way, because I think that, you know, ever since social media came out, cancel culture, you know, 
blew up as yeah. well. Uh, but I think that especially now, because we see this, you know, when um, they're at the Black Lives Matter protests and all these different protests, you know, where somebody, especially, you know, the, 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 the white people that come up and they're like cursing in the protesters face and, you know, all these inf- instances of, you know, um, uh, of, you know, these verbal altercations and people, you know, they find the person's social media account, they find where they work, they find all this information yeah. on these individuals and then, you know, everybody jumps on this whole cancel culture bandwagon whereas let's get them fired, let's destroy their life, let's do this, let's do that. Um, and, you know, I think it's kind of the same thing with happening to louis and to lecrae as well which is kind of like oh you know they messed up you know cancel them and all these other things but when cancel culture is a very delicate beast in my opinion yeah i mean since then lecrae apologized he tweeted saying that you know one of the things i'm most heartbroken about is trying to help myself continue to learn and help my white brothers and sisters understand that white privilege is real And he tweeted saying that the white blessing comment made him very uncomfortable and he wasn't okay with it. Louis Giglio did the same thing, put Mm -hmm. out a whole video, emotional, tears, everything, right? And it seemed like people were still, right, Mm -hmm. upset. And Lecrae was trending, Louis Giglio was trending, people saying, I'm not supporting them, you know, I'm canceling them. And just like you said, this idea of cancel culture, we see it you know, um, on a rise mm-hmm. ever since social media came out and people have, you know, created their own platforms and they have mm-hmm. their voice that now is able to be heard where in the past, you know, people's opinions, it was it was harder to really hear them and see them where now everyone has a platform. You can tweet, you can post a picture, you can reshare a video, post a video and your thoughts are out there. So when we talk about cancel culture, you know, I heard someone say one time, cancel culture isn't kingdom culture. You know, Mm -hmm. and when we look at this, we, as you know, representatives of the kingdom of God, we understand that we really can't cancel what God has started and what God has called. You know, if God has initiated something, if God has called you, you know, you really can't cancel that. Do you agree? Um, I think that you can cancel yourself. <laughs> I think that's the truth of the matter. Right. You know, because God can call you to do something. Right. Uh, but if you're, if you A, don't take it serious, do what you're supposed to do, you know, it's kind of like God put something in your hands to grow and, and to be something, but you decided that it wasn't important to you. Right. And you didn't give it priority. So you kind of but messed that I up. But if I don't like you or mm-hmm. don't like what you're doing, I can't cancel you. That's different. Yes, I do agree with that where, you know, it's like no weapon formed against you can prosper because at the end of the day, you know, you can have a whole army of people lift up against you. But if you have God by your side, that's all that matters. It really, that's it. It doesn't matter, you know, the slanders, the campaigns, the social media warriors uh, that come against you. At the end of the day, if God is for you, who can be against you? Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I think that what you were saying before about the, you know, cancer culture is not... Kingdom culture. Kingdom culture is very true. You know, I think that cancel culture is not Christ-like, you know, because if God operated under the guise of cancel culture, we would all All be be canceled, canceled. period. End of story. That's it. You know, and I do understand the idea of keeping people accountable. And I think that at its its minimum, 
minimalistic or minim, minimal form. Uh-huh. Um, you know, cancel culture is about keeping people accountable. Um, it's just that it becomes this beast that just like, you know, goes crazy. Um, because I do think that if somebody says something or does something that is wrong, they should be held accountable for it. It should be brought to their attention. That right. conversation needs to happen. But when we start, you know, going and, you know, and you you have these people that are going into people's Twitter feeds from 10 years ago. And, oh, you know, in the year 2005, you said this. Okay, maybe they did. And maybe it was wrong. Has that person grown since then? Or do we just be like, you know what? You said that in 2005. Too bad. You're canceled. It's the end of you. Yeah. And I just find it so funny because I, I look at the Bible, right? And, you know, there are people that say the Bible is not relevant today. The Bible, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's old. It's an old book, textbook, whatever. But I believe that there were things written in there that now more than ever make total sense. Mm-hmm. Right. The idea that God tells us throughout his word. Right. Forget the former things. I'm mm-hmm. doing something new. The mm-hmm. idea that God says, I've removed your sins from you as far mm-hmm. as the east is from the west. I've thrown them into the ocean of forgetfulness, right? Mm-hmm. The idea that God, you know, is always reminding us, confess your sins. You know, mm-hmm. I will forgive you. You know, come boldly before the throne of grace that you may find forgiveness and mercy. Mm-hmm. Like, he's constantly reminding us about that. Yet we live in a culture that's constantly reminding you yes. of your past and constantly yes. reminding you of what you've done, yeah. right? And it's something that, again, kingdom of darkness versus the kingdom of light. The kingdom of darkness will constantly remind you of who you were, what you did, where you went, the type of person you were, what you said. And the kingdom of light is trying to remind you, no, but what did God do with those things? Who mm-hmm. are you today? Mm-hmm. Now, it's like you said, accountability is a must. If these people have these issues addressed to them and brought to their attention, and we see that they're constantly falling into the same mistake, falling yeah. into the same pattern, and this becomes something that is habitual, then it's something that you really need to stop and reflect and maybe Mm -hmm. take some time off to get yourself right. If that means, you know, having to take some type of education, some type of course, a mental break, seeing a therapist, whatever it is, right? Something needs to be done. But when we have people who recognize they've made a mistake, they apologize, they try to make it right. And then we see that moving forward, right? They do things that, that show that they've grown. Yeah then you we, we don't have the right to cancel that. I know of this one individual, um, you know, she's a white woman, she runs a podcast, and she announced a tour that she was doing, and the tour had to do with loving, loving other people better, right? And she put it out there, and the people that were the guests that were invited were all white. Mm-hmm. And everyone in her comment section went off on her saying... I'm actually very tired of this. The fact that you only have white representation, Mm -hmm. even on your podcast platform, you only interview white evangelicals or white Christian contemporary artists. You know, you never interview anyone of color, anyone that's diverse, any, you know, you don't talk about gospel music, you don't, and went off. And, you know, she spoke on it, you know, weeks later saying that she apologized Mm. and that she was going to try to do better. Mm -hmm. Right. She brought on someone onto the tour that was of color. She did different things, but I remember in the moment saying, okay, so, you know, you did that, but did you do it just because you were, like, forced to? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That was about a year and a half ago. To this day, from that moment till now, 
she has made it her journey to really, you know, uh, dive into racial reconciliation. Mm -hmm. And the idea that on her podcast platform, now she has people of color that she's interviewing. You know, just this week, she gave her podcast over to a uh, black pastor to have discussions on diversity mm -hmm. and everything that's happening all this week. She mm -hmm. literally gave him the platform to have three podcast episodes this week about that. She's done so many different things from that moment till now mm -hmm. where you know what i'm sure there are people that are saying she's not doing enough or people that think like oh you're only doing it because of this but personally i have seen she really is making an effort mm -hmm. you know to really dive into this and watch what yeah. she does and i think again we can tell the difference the people can tell the difference when you do things just to kind of put somebody on because you feel like you have to or if you're intentionally doing it because you want to grow yeah. and i think that's the determining factor growth has the person grown you know, grown from the last time, you know, or like I said, are they continuously falling into the same habits and mistakes? And I think that the tricky part um, is when you have someone, there's a difference between a situation where somebody is being called out on something that they did years ago um, and someone's being called out on something like this situation that you just said. Um, but I also think that there are professions that do not should have a zero tolerance for racism. You know, they are, they have been a lot of the, a couple of not a lot a couple of people that have been you know swept up in this whole cancel culture situation have been people in professions that is unacceptable. Nurses, doctors, police officers, teachers. You know where it is not okay for you to have those point of views and those thoughts um, and still be in that profession because you're putting people's lives in danger. You know, it's 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 perceived that way and it's understood to be that way as well, that as a nurse who thinks that black people or people of color, because I, I saw the same thing for Spanish people as well, is less than that shows me that you're not going to give us the care that you would someone who's white. So in that situation, I think that cancel culture has to come with like a rehab <laughs> situation. Yeah. Well, which I think because there are certain moments where mm -hmm. what you're saying is actually hatred. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I, I don't think what Louis Giglio was saying, you know, I didn't leave the conversation saying he hates black people mm. and he wants slavery yeah. and he's a ra I didn't leave that conversation thinking that. But, you know, I think we're both you're talking about it was a post that went viral about a nurse. Right. Talking really a couple bad. Of them. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I think in a situation like that. That's different in the sense that your hatred and yeah. your racism and prejudice is is obvious. Yes. And it's scary. And that, especially when you're a nurse, teacher, you know, doctor, things like that, where you're working with people of diverse cultures and backgrounds, that needs to be checked. Mm -hmm. And you were saying about a, a rehab No, I mean like so it should be like, all right, so what what do we do for someone like that? Where how do we give them an opportunity to redeem themselves? Or does someone like that just automatically lose their license and it's kind of like you need to start from scratch, become something else, you know? And that's a conversation that's bigger than what we can have um, at this moment. Yeah. But I do believe in the ability for people to redeem themselves. I do believe in the ability for people to grow and to learn. It's just it is. I also believe that it is on a case by case basis because there's some people how you said with Louis Giglio, it can be perceived as ignorance versus is you know these situations where people it's straight up hate and i think that those are two two things that are addressed in two completely different matters 
uh, manners. Yeah. Um, you know, so it is it's a tricky slope, you know, but I do think that it is important that we check ourselves and that we're not just jumping on this whole mentality and bandwagon of canceling everybody because there's going to come a point where you've canceled. You keep canceling everybody that you wind up canceling yourself and then that's it. Yeah. What? There's, there's nowhere to go from there. And the thing is, again, this whole idea of cancel culture doesn't respect anybody. Mm-hmm. Right. Because the same way, you know, you may be canceling a certain group of people or people of a certain profession or people of a certain background, you know, as Christians, I know of a lot of Christians who have dropped the ball, Mm -hmm. right? And have negatively impacted the life of a non-Christian, non-believer. That non-believer, non-Christian can say, I'm canceling all Christians. Mm -hmm. I don't want nothing to do with them, Mm -hmm. right? And at the end of the day, then that in turn affects you, right? So at the end of the day, cancel culture affects everyone and it's no respecter of persons. So if you're going to cancel someone, right, for something, know that in reality, if it were God, right, mm. like you said, we'd all be canceled. We mm. don't deserve his forgiveness. We don't deserve his love, his mercy. He gives it to us freely. He gives it to us anyway, in spite of what we do and who we are and what we've done. He gives it to us, yeah. right, and tells us to go and do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, to show that mercy, to show that love and show that compassion. Is it hard? Yes. Yeah. And I think this right here is where, you know, this is a conversation that's different when you're having it with believers and when you're having it with non-believers, mm-hmm. right? Because it doesn't make sense for me to love my enemy. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make sense. But as a believer, as someone who loves God, loves Jesus, this is what he tells me to do. This is the example he gives me, right? I recognize it's bigger than what I feel. Now, take that up, take that out and take Jesus and God out from the conversation. It doesn't make sense. Yeah to love my enemy and to forgive them 70 times seven, right? So this is where we have to understand, you know, the different groups of people having this conversation, the different mentalities. And again, someone who is not a believer who doesn't get this bigger picture, it's just so easy to cancel someone, write them off and have nothing to do with them. Yeah, and I think that as Christians, we have a responsibility to be moderators in these conversations because I think that it is, I have seen people go to the extreme right and the extreme left. People that are, you know, that are saying that, oh, as Christians, all lives matter, whatever. And then the other side where it's like, screw everybody else. You know, I, I've seen I've seen both sides. And I think that as Christians is our responsibility to stand up for what is right, to stand up for, you know, for, you know, being against racial inequality, to stand up against systematic racism and all those things or whatever. Yes. But we also have to be able to guide people into having these conversations to show people what it is to be merciful and to be loving and to be caring. You know, when something comes up to be like, OK, but then now how do we fix this or how do we address that? But if we just go on this rampage of you know, trying to be so, so, you know, trying to be these great social justice warriors that we wind up spewing hate, that's where it gets wrong. And I think it's okay to be a pastor or be a leader or minister and not know it all. Yes. Right? It's okay to say, I don't know enough about this to actually talk about this. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to bring someone on, Mm -hmm. right, to help have this discussion and help have this conversation. And I think that's important to also understand. And I think it's easy to just 
dismiss yourself from the conversation because you may feel that you don't have enough knowledge, wisdom, information. You're scared of what the public will say, yeah. right? As opposed to leaning into the discomfort and saying, okay, I'm going to lean into this conversation, although it's uncomfortable, but I'm bringing someone else on that could help me yes. and guide me because I don't know it all. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good mentality to have as well. If we're going about having these conversations where, you know, we're having it on large platforms, we're having it where a bunch of different types of people are watching as well and we don't have our act together and we don't really have our thoughts you know together it's important to make sure again we take out the time to really think about these things educate ourselves but that may be having to bring somebody on as well to help guide the conversation but at the end of the day there's work that needs to be done on mm -hmm. our parts as well yeah and i think it's important that we also self-reflect look at your circle look at your circle of friends look at the leadership in your church if no one in your circle is able is someone that you are able to have that conversation with who can bring a different perspective, different point of view and all this other stuff, then that's problematic that everyone in your circle, you know, feels uncomfortable with talking about race. That's a problem, you know, that no one in your leadership team in your church can stand up and have, you know, ha be part of your panel to speak about these things. That's a problem. So, you know, that's also things that as a church and as individuals that we have to look at, you know, and I get, you know, being, you know, I, I understand that, OK, you know, I live in the middle of Minnesota. You know, there aren't a lot of people of, co of color maybe there. I don't know. I haven't been to Minnesota. Sorry, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking um, or whatever and be like, oh, you know, there aren't. I get that, you know, and maybe that does play a part in it. But if it doesn't, then it's something to look at it as well, because I think that we as Christians, as people in general, should be able to have a um, uh, was that a, a smorgasbord? Um, I forgot what what it's called. Uh, options available to us so that we not just you know for tokenism or just to be like oh I have an Asian friend oh I have a black right, friend right. oh I have a Spanish friend but no to really be like you know this is someone who I value I value their opinion I value their talent I value who they are as a person and this is someone that is in my circle. Yeah, I was listening to a conversation where someone was being asked, you know, is it okay as a white person for me to text my black friend? Mm -hmm. Right. Or someone that I know and look up to to educate me mm -hmm. on what's happening and things that are going on. Mm -hmm. Right. And the person said that he kind of, you know, was taken back with that question. He, he is a black man. And he was saying that, you know, at first he, he related it to a death. Mm -hmm. If someone dies, you know, in your friend's family, are you going to call them to first ask them, you know, um, tell me about the person that died? Like, mm -hmm. can you just like, who were they? Like, how close were you to them? Like, wow. Like, how long did you know them? Or are you going to first call me to be like, I'm sorry for what yep. you're going through. Mm -hmm. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, all, you know, I'm praying for you. Right. So our approach can't just be like, you know, cause I know a lot of people were also doing this. Like give me a bunch of black movies and black artists <laughs> and, and like podcasters and yeah, yeah, like give me things that I should be supporting. And I get that that's important to do. Right. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we want to make sure Again, we're not just doing it 
just to do it and just to, you know, look good or look like we're being diverse, that we're actually, you know, going to that person, right, that friend and letting them know, listen, I stand with you. Like, I feel for you. I'm praying for you. I'm there for you. And let the discussion kind of, you know, how close you are with that person kind of lend itself to, you know, help me understand. And it's like the individual was saying, you know, I want my white friends to understand. I Mm -hmm. want them to be able to come to me. Um, But again, it, if you're my friend and you're that close to me, I've been trying to educate you all along. Yep. You know, so it's one of those things where you probably haven't been, you know, uh, open to it, Mm -hmm. in tune to it, but it's been happening all along. Right. So I think we just have to be careful as well in trying to be educated and trying to learn that we don't come across as fake, inauthentic and, you know, not really connecting with the person on a human level. Yeah, no, and I think I think that is very important. And I think that can go for everybody across the board because, you know, as Latinos, we speak from the point of view as Latinos. As a Latino that grew up in East New York, Brooklyn, you know, I had a lot, you know, I growing up, you know, the demographic was Spanish and black. That's who we all were or whatever, you know. So I have an understanding, but that still doesn't make me an expert. It doesn't make me an expert in the black experience. It doesn't make my black friends an expert in the Latino experience, you know. So those conversations are still important to have, you know, across the board. And it's important that what we're doing is, and we, we say this all the time, checking in on each other. How are you? How's it going? You know, how are you feeling at this moment? You know, there was a time, you know, now because the protests aren't as crazy as they were in the beginning, you know, the media isn't covering it to the same extent. But there was a time where it was just back to back to back to back to back, you know, just all this that the media was throwing at people. And there's some people that can't handle that. There's some people that get overwhelmed by all of that. You know, so are you checking in on them to be like, hey, how are you? What's going on? You know, how are you feeling? Or are you saying, hey, send me your top three favorite black movies? (laughs) You know, is what it what it shows is is that you're missing the point. Yeah. You know, the point isn't for you to jump on the wave and now becoming cultured. The point is to show that these people's lives matter. So your friend that you're calling to culture you, it's not, yo, you know, give me this information. It's, you know, I value you. I understand that your life is important. I understand that things may have been more difficult for you, you know, so I'm just here for you and whatever that is. Yeah. Whatever it is that I can do for you, I'm here for that. So there's one thing you get out of today's episode. It's to continue the conversation. Have grace with people, right? Have compassion with people. Have understanding, right? Um, You know, we all are not on that same level. Some people are just having these conversations for the first time. Mm -hmm. You know, they're late to the party. They don't know how to go about it. You know, have grace with people. And also remember that you can't cancel, you know, uh, what God has started, right? Cancel culture is not kingdom culture. This is not something that as Christians, Christians, right, we should be uh, engaging in and, you know, uh, marching forth in canceling people left and right. Yes. But what we should be doing is holding people accountable. So if they're, you know, it even goes to people in your home, in your household, you know, in your friends group, in your church, you know, where you have to keep people accountable, you know, have those tough conversations with that. Bring things to their attention that they may be completely oblivious about. But remember to do it with love. And like Miguel said, said earlier today you know if you see that it becomes habitual they aren't breaking you know that bad habit then it's time for change so we want to thank you guys for tuning in once again to this new episode 
yes, of the God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to follow us on social media, Facebook and Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when we drop a new episode. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. Tell us what you like about the podcast. And um, again, if you have already done so, we are grateful for all the new reviews, ratings, and all of you who have subscribed uh, recently to this podcast. So I want to thank you once again for tuning into the God Life Culture podcast. That's God God Life Life Culture. Culture. Until next time. See ya. Bye.